good morning. It's November 30th. It's been a while since I checked in. The Fat Man podcast has taken a turn. That my life has been uh, upset and turned around. Just uh, as that old saying about life is not fair and is often cruel. And that's how it's turned out to be. However, you do what you have to do to deal with it. And it just seems to be my lot in life, my job right now, my task on a daily basis is to look after my wife. Uh, She has been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer just about nine months ago and we've been dealing with that a lot obviously Uh, she's been very stoic and strong about uh, fighting it and keeping healthy active and uh, positive she's turned out to be a great researcher spent numerous days every day over this this last time period um, researching all that you can about cancer and treatments and learning about every test and diagnosis that she goes through figuring out what lab results mean, researching medical terms so she can talk to her doctors with uh, some amount of knowledge, and this has also brought about her taking responsibility for her care in the sense of the medical system uh, struggles at times with being organized and if you don't look after yourself there are many pitfalls and cracks that you can slip through which honestly can be devastating Um, many times we have gone for tests or imaging or MRIs or CT scans or something and uh, the follow-up has been terrible. Um, Things have been missed and diagnoses have been uh, taken as face value and then we look into things a little bit farther and ask questions and we've had doctors say, oh, yes, well, that's worth looking into. So this is all to Brenda's benefit. She has done a tremendous job of educating herself and in some sense definitely supporting her her treatment and uh, understanding what she's going through and trying to fully understand the prognosis 
and everything from drug prescriptions to treatments, understanding side effects, and, uh, things to look out for. And it's been interesting, certainly. Often she's reminded doctors of side effects come to mind. You know, suddenly her feet are swollen, uh, started a new drug, and no one said anything about that. And so suddenly she's finding it hard to walk. Well, who knew that that's a side effect of a blood thinner? Who knew that chemotherapy causes blood clots? Who knew that some of these treatments affect moods and your logical thinking? It's only within, it's only Brenda's research that has helped her get through this to understand everything that was happening um, yeah and it's been a long hard haul to the point that um, she became so disabled that she couldn't stay in the house any longer and today is 30 I think it's 35 days that she has been in hospital and basically immobile in a bed and um, the weekend that we brought her in, we brought her in on a Monday, which was really just because I was at a point of being exhausted and, and things were getting out of control. Uh, Brenda was hemorrhaging a lot at home, uh, couldn't walk, and I was trying to keep her comfortable, keep her clean all the obvious things you do to care for a patient. But it ended up on that Monday morning about calling an ambulance and uh, got her taken into hospital. So later that, uh, that Monday afternoon, after she's checked in at CT scans, I get to meet with her oncologist met with Brenda and basically says Brenda is on her last days. Uh, frankly, she said she'll be lucky to live out uh, 36 to 72 hours. And um, obviously that's disturbing and the thought was, well, this is finally going to come to an end after a long almost a year of dealing with this and um, I'm going to have to you know get myself together and, and realize what's going to happen and uh, make plans and Brenda is going to have to deal with that reality as well. She's certainly cognitively aware um, that that's her prognosis have that frank discussion with her. She's very ill and uh, she knows it. <clears throat> so we made the determination that Monday 
evening with the doctor that it's better that we try and make Brenda comfortable uh, in any way we can. And one of the ways that we can do that is to just take all the tubes out of her, stop the drip medications, and uh, look at her whole being and what can we do to make her comfortable versus treating her for blood clots and cancer and the edema in her legs and you know all these separate treatments we stopped it all and that that was uh, a big decision so we felt Brenda didn't have much time left if um, we could keep her comfortable nice bed, perhaps with some anxiety medication, uh, certainly any pain medication, but she never complained about pain, and, uh, but, you know, the anxiety and, and worry was something that we could give her a sedative for, and, and that was it. Well, it didn't happen. As I said, we're on day 34 or 35. I can't say that Brenda flourished a few days after being admitted to the hospital. But when we took her off all the medications, within 48 she was clearer, she was comfortable. She was talking, and nothing happened. She sat up in bed. She ate meals. She slept through the night. She obviously needed nursing care, but one day turned into another day, and I went to the hospital, began the routine of going to the hospital, getting anything that she wanted, usually around food. And, and we laughed because she had been so healthy and into keto diet and no sugar. And, you know, for years, actually, we've both been struggling with that. Um, and, and frankly, it was our lifestyle. We didn't have junk food in the house, we weren't junk food eaters, uh, lived healthy. I kept my weight sort of at a level for several years that didn't change. I was still overweight, but feeling good, active, could still get around and Brenda the same. She, um, she felt relatively good for a long time. But then in the hospital, with the prognosis that they had given her of a short life expectancy, I found, and she found, well, if you wanted an Oreo cookie any time in your life, now is the time. And uh, so it's been fun in that reset, that sense that bringing her in food. I've done a lot of cooking at home and 
baking her things that she likes, her mac and cheese, which she would never normally eat, um, muffins, and she's been on a shortcake cookie craving, and lately it's been Pringles, tubes of those Pringle chips and Coke, <laughs> like just totally ridiculous things that we haven't done in 20 plus years. But if Brenda had a craving, we make it happen. So that's, uh, that's what we've been doing now for over a month. I go to the hospital every day, come and go at least twice, mornings and afternoons. And uh, it's been difficult, the driving back and forth and also leaving leaving Brenda's room in the late afternoons or supper time to go home and leaving her there. She's quite immobile, lies still in her bed, has the use of her arms basically from her elbows to her hands, so she needs everything in reach. And I have to make sure she's set up to reach her call bell and her water and phone, anything that she could possibly need through the night, because the hospital is great, it's new and modern, but it's taxed, it's um, understaffed and full. There's often been three or four patients set up in the hallways. Brenda has a beautiful single room, and it's, um, you know, very convenient and private for us. But just outside the door there's a bit of chaos going on. That's the reality of, of our healthcare system. And we're lucky, as I say, to have a brand new hospital with all the conveniences. Uh, the last couple weeks we've been uh, putting Brenda in a sling that can swing over her bed and lift her up and get her into a wheelchair. So a couple times now I've got her into a wheelchair and that enables us to go down to the cafeteria and look out the windows and gives her a different view. And um, it's a good break just to get her out of bed. And as I say, she doesn't really move. She, can, she has a television, but somebody's life and world gets so small when you're just looking straight ahead and uh, can't move that much. So anything that you can do to change that view is positive for her. Anyway, it's gotten to be, um, after all this time in the hospital, more evident each day that um, Brenda isn't going to pass immediately. We had the point-blank conversation with the oncologist again yesterday, and Brenda said, am I just supposed to lie here staring at the ceiling until I die? What, what else can I um, do? She, she 
wants a goal. She says, I have to get out of this bed. I want to put my feet on the floor. And I want to have a chance to go home. What can I do to make that happen? And the reality is, is there's not anything that Brenda can reasonably do. She's, her, her tumors have made her immobile. And even though she has has some energy in her mind and her and her body, her body's not working. So it's very frustrating. Uh, so the oncologist said, um, it's basically unreasonable to think that you can walk or get on your feet again. So we talked about basically getting her into a car, which is just about um, muscle, having the strength myself and somebody else to lift Brenda into the car and get her for a drive. So that's that's a bit of a goal if she continues to want to, to go in that direction under those circumstances. If she wants to get out of the hospital and go for a drive, then I could probably do that with, with the help of her brother. Just, it wouldn't be sanctioned by the hospital, but if we wanted to leave for an hour, we could probably physically do it. Um, could be dangerous and she, you know, for Brenda, but she probably wouldn't be comfortable in the car. But it might might um, ease her mind to realize that she is just not that mobile. Her mind right now thinks that she can still achieve that goal. And I don't know if she can or not. But I think sometimes um, her being positive like that is a good thing she keeps being confronted with the reality that she is still very sick and um, and her body is not working anymore um, yeah so she said she asked the doctor how much time does she have what's gonna happen first of all how am I gonna die am I gonna choke to death someday or in the middle of the night and uh, how long do I have? So the doctor's response was, was I guess all she could answer, the only way she could answer. And it really didn't answer any questions, but she said, Brenda, you have weeks, possibly months, live. Well, again, uh, an answer, but it's not definitive about anything. So, leaves us to the day-to-day life of living in a hospital bed. Um, The doctor assured her that it wasn't going to be a she didn't believe that it would be a situation where she would end up choking in the middle of the night, which 
was a bit of a terror uh, in Brenda's mind, obviously, being in that condition, being alone and having to go through that. Uh, the doctor explained that normally the body starts to shut, shut down and, and people with cancer generally start sleeping more need a little bit more sedative and basically um, are sleeping and, and drift off and one day they they just stop stop breathing and, and it's sort of a slow process so that in itself was reassuring to Brenda to, to hear that normally it's not a a violent event that ends a cancer patient's life. So, so that was good. But the life in the hospital is not um, is not good mentally. Um, physically, there are still some things that are so regrettable that make, make life terrible and that she can't move. She needs nursing care and some of the basic, you know, being kept clean. And it's happened several times now where Brenda has waited three or four hours in the morning to get cleaned up and that's excruciating. Um, in every sense of her being no different than anybody else but to be left lying in that state for hours and not being able to get assistance because the hospital's so busy and the nursing care is working their way down the hall trying to tend to everybody and it's it's just um, a sad part of the reality of, uh, of being in a hospital. So we talked about alternative care uh, situations. Moving perhaps to a longer-term care facility, moving to a hospice facility, and I have to look in to see what all that means. Obviously, um, well, first of all, everything has waiting lists. So it's not as though I could decide today to move Brenda into a hospice and get her more attentive personal care, which would be a real bonus. I, that's my job now. I have to look into getting on waiting lists and how, in fact, this works. Um, hospice and long-term care Obviously, if you had big insurance plans or lots of money, 
anything is possible. But without any of that, I have to find out, is there a way that we can get Brenda into a facility in the area somewhere where she can have better personal care, which is really the big issue now, because that's a failing of the, of the public health care system right now. And it's, it's very evident the doctor agrees. There's no solution to that, to that problem other than moving to another care facility where there's a higher ratio of, of uh, care to the patient. So today, hopefully, I can get a little bit of research done on that and see what the alternatives could possibly be and how soon that could happen. But as I say, my understanding is there's long lists of here we are coming into December. I, I don't know what all that means, but in any case, I'm tired and Brenda's getting very tired and frustrated. Uh, mentally, it's getting difficult for both of us and um, not quite sure how this is all going to play out. So, that's an update on why I haven't been posting and that's what I've been doing I'll try and give you another update as uh, soon as I can and um, all the best to everybody out there thanks very much <laughs>